I wanted a BB gun. You did. I was never allowed to have one. I had one, but I was never allowed to have one. And I'm reminded of the Darren McGavin movie, A Christmas Story, where Gene, Gene Shepard uh, wanted the, Did anybody see I that? You that and I. Home. I've seen it about 20, 11 times. That's a great movie. Is uh, that a Red fun Rider, movie? Daisy Red Rider. That's right. With a compass on the stock. I didn't remember the yeah, compass, the compass on, the on the stock. And he's oh, he's writing, and he was so sneaky, and de- and his father won the award. Remember the major yeah, award? Right, the lamp that the <laughs> model's leg. Yeah. <laughs> but his mother kept saying it couldn't couldn't get one of those because it put his eye out. Everybody said that, the school out. teacher and everybody. Well, I know of some people who did get their eyes put out, so sometimes the parents were right. What is your most memorable <laughs> no, Christmas? Parents and not, no, who is? <laughs> <laughs> Dick? Um, well, I always go back to the Christmas in Thailand, but uh, that's an old story at this point, but that's probably the most memorable one, going swimming on Christmas Day after doing my early morning radio show. I was an early morning disc jockey. In fact, Robin Williams... I was going to say, they made a movie is, about uh, Dick Stork's yeah, life, and yeah. Robin, Robin Williams, Williams plays is going to be starring in it. It's called uh, Good Morning uh, Vietnam. Well, I did the same <laughs> thing in Thailand. <laughs> and uh, as program director of the American Forces Thailand Network. You're much and funnier than Robin is, though, Dick, in my opinion. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Only off mic. No. He had uh, Johnny Carson rolling on the floor the other night. He was I so funny. And uh, Carson, at the end of it, Carson uh, rarely steps out of character to compliment anybody, but he complimented and says, you, while you're still here, I want to tell you, you are a very talented young man. And everybody just applauded, but uh, he's he's quite something else. But anyhow, uh, just the uh, the Christmas in Thailand. Of course, I spent a whole year there, not just Christmas, but uh, that was kind of memorable. Gee, that must have been fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I can just—that's the garden spot of the world, Bart. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just actually you know, I'm al- it is. I'm always reminded of the station I worked for in Walhalla, South Carolina, 500 watts, and our morning man every day would get on the and he'd say, "Good morning, world." <laughs> <laughs> you, you can almost get him to the road out front, <laughs> right outside well, the transmitter. The station actually in Thailand was low power. I think we only put out on good days 100 watts. It was required because the Thai constitution did not allow any foreign broadcasting on its soil, and so we were sort of there by, um, well, they knew we were there, but it wasn't really official type of thing. <laughs> and yet we were the number one station in the city of Karat. I bet you were. Mm-hmm. They listened to us everywhere. <laughs> you brought something a little special, I think. Yeah, uh, a little to bit out of the ordinary. Um, do you know the background of Christmas carols? We all say, in fact, we ended our last segment with a little carol, caroling and caroling and all that. Do you know the background of the English Christmas carol? No, but I am reminded of a very quick story with my, uh, my father-in-law who passed away this year. And Joy, when she was tiny, and she said that she and Johnny sat on the back row at church, and when everybody else was singing Amazing Grace, they sang Jingle Bells because they knew the words. (laughs) 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 uh, No, I don't know the background. Well, uh, carols were originally derived from festive dances with which medieval Europe celebrated the happy occasions. And when they entered England from the continent, the uh, special emphasis was given to the carols sung during the most joyous season of the year, and of course that's the Christmas season, and thus the English Christmas carol was born. 17th century Puritans suppressed them. Antiquarians of the 18th century prevented their complete disappearance. And in the 19th century, that created a resurgence of the carol tradition, which continues here into the 20th century. This carol I'm going to play for you is uh, dated back to 1591. The WPTF record vault goes all the way back to 1591 for the Coventry Guild 
of Shearman and Taylors. These are the folks who cut and uh, put together clothing. They performed their annual Corpus Christi pageant. One of the scenes depicted the women of Bethlehem receiving the news that Herod was determined all children young to slay. Well, this haunting lullaby was in that Coventry play. I play the Coventry Carol from the 15th century. my favorite Christmas carols, the Coventry Carol, a lullaby originally sung in a 15th century Christmas pageant, and is performed by the choir of Westminster Cathedral, the Alexandra Choir, and the Cantorium Choir, David Hill conductor, and I thought the uh, harmony in that was just something gorgeous. I was in Westminster Cathedral in June this year. There was also a hit song about that in 1960. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's a beautiful recording. Is that mm-hmm. Westchester Hadassah? Is that what you're thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> Put on your Yamaha and sit back. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let me mention something here. Charles Stegall brought to my attention that the reason Johnny Hood is not with us and Mike Raley is not with us tonight is they're both on vacation. Somehow they got vacation. Somehow Bart got vacation, but Bart stayed in town and these two left, uh, I guess, Mm -hmm. with the bank book. Well, Mike <laughs> traditionally goes to uh, Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have done that just once, and I went on a candlelight tour through Williamsburg and had some high-speed film and took some r- candlelight pictures. Mm. And this was just kind of risky, uh, it being, you know, that dark and having to handhold the camera and everything, but they came out marvelously. You know, I, I thought until I went to Williamsburg I had seen one of the most beautiful college campuses and that being Chapel Hill. Thank you. I, I really mean that. That's a <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Until I saw William and Ma- until I saw William and Mary. Yeah. And that's got to be. That's the most beautiful college campus I have ever seen it in my is life. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. And some of the original buildings, uh, the architecture is just oh, it's wonderful up there. It's it's worth your drive up there almost to spend the night and just go over the campus and forget about Williamsburg. Mm. Were you there on Grand Illuminaries night? Uh, one of them, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's good. usually the closest uh, weekend to the 14th. Do they, do, do they put the uh, luminarias in your neighborhood? Oh, uh, they do not. They'll get there one day. They're about three blo- blocks away now. Oh, but and they're not up around no, your end of the street. No, no, in not. my neighborhood, they have done it in all the areas around in mm-hmm. Brentwood. Yeah. And they've always skipped my street. 
<laughs> and so in protest last year, the next door neighbors <laughs> and I got together and bought our own bags and our own candles, and we had our own private luminaria, yeah, which we man. will repeat again this particular uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, that's part a of our gorgeous after, site. Yeah, that's one of the prettiest sites I've ever seen. Uh, as well as have the sour broaden. Uh, mm. In the luminaria bag. <laughs> That's how they keep the sauerkraut and warm, Bart. <laughs> For those who don't know what luminaria is, it's a it's a Spanish or Mexican tradition. I think more Mexican. Mm-hmm. And you take these small white or brown bags and put sand in the bottom, and then you put a small candle in, and you burn them during the holiday season. And you just line them. You put them mm-hmm. up like every foot to 18 inches apart. Right. And at night, it is prettier than electric Christmas lights ever have time. Mm-hmm. And the tradition is that it is lighting the way for the Christ child. Yeah. Mm, in our neighborhood, we did it one year, and a 747 landed in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you what airline. <laughs> <laughs> As Gary says, the Smithfield ham is here to celebrate the announcer's Christmas. Mike Blackman. I was glad I could make it. I think this is a... No, it's the second one I've been well, on in 13 years. you're dressed for it, years. too. Look at mm-hmm. this. Hey, guys. Christmas green, green and ready to go. Christmas green corduroy. Have we passed out the presents yet? Not Uncle yet. Mari? We're going to do that later, and uh, we're fixing to uh, we're fixing some eggnog. Our chef at the WPTF commissary, uh, Main, PT Main, uh, will be fixing the eggnog. What's oh, that green you. eggnog with those yellow stripes in it? <laughs> <down there? laughs> do you people do you people read and celebrate Christmas in Smithfield? I have her eighth year. <laughs> <laughs> I like leap year. Call it leap Christmas. They do it every eight years instead of every four. We've been asking everybody about their most memorable Christmas. What's yours, Mike? Oh, my goodness. I guess uh, I remember a year, and I don't remember what the date. I think it was in the 70s, maybe 73, when it was about 75 degrees one Christmas. I remember that. Yeah. And... Uh, I remember going outside in short sleeve shirts and looking at some marks we had made uh, on trees where sometime back it had snowed 18 inches. And it was, it was, uh, of course we may, we may get that this year. That was a city map for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean this year? (laughs) Remember plenty of warm Christmases. I like it. I like it for the kids' sake, so they can get out and ride their bikes and play on their skates. It's, it's, it's a mess for me. You like it because you like warm weather just like some <laughs> other people that we know. <laughs> it's a mess for those kids who get sleighs for Christmas, though. Yeah, it really is. You know, Renee prompted a thought in my mind, and I want everybody to answer this, and it is a curve, and I apologize. What did you not get for Christmas that you always wanted as a child or as an adult? And I'll, I'll start first. I always wanted a pony and never got one. I wanted an army tank. (laughs) (laughs) My kind of guy, boy. Him and General Discord were his uncle. I wanted a fire engine, a toy fire engine, and I never got it until I quit biting my fingernails. And then I quit biting my fingernails long enough to get the uh, fire engine, and then I started all over again. (laughs) (laughs) But you got it. Yeah. I never got my pony. And Pat won't let me have one now. Well, I always wanted an elephant, too. But the, the neighborhood just didn't want to put Charles, up with that. I wanted a toy radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have one. It's a, it's a big can, toy radio station. You can have station. the one I worked for in Spartanburg. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest toy I ever saw. Bart? How much time do we have? Yeah. Uh, what did you I, not get that you always wanted? And my answer is, how much time do we have? <laughs> one minute. I, one minute. I always wanted I never got a car. And I think like everybody else, I always really, really, really wanted a pony. You know, and I always 
What is the story about the... Uh, well, I shouldn't get into it because I don't remember it. The <laughs> kid who went out in the yard and, and then said, no, the pony got away, you know. So I, no, I don't remember that one either. Right, right in until more. We'll, uh, we'll finish this next, we'll uh, paint him next Christmas, party, yeah. next announce this Christmas <laughs> yeah. party. 